this is Wicked Spursy. Mike Stephen Days, days. Mike Stephen Days. It's Wicked Spursy for days. Mike Stephen Dave, boys, how you doing, Mike? I'm gonna come to you next because you just got off a long trip. We're gonna let Steve talk to us about how he's doing and let you get all warmed up and ready to roll. Is that cool? That makes sense. You know, get Sweet. back in the groove of it after uh, you know relaxing for so long and then relaxing going for, through for stress for <laughs> at, at the at the most hellish place on earth. Stevie boy, how you doing? Twenty five thousand steps a day, relaxing. <laughs> Oh, Dave, I'm I'm here, you know. Um I'm sure some of our listeners might be expecting a special guest. Our special guest could not join us uh this week, unfortunately. Um but uh but they are coming. They are coming soon, right? Trademark, patent pending, coming yeah. soon. Um, no, I'm all right. Um it's been a, a pretty rough few days, not just because of our our um lovely Tottenham Hotspur. Um, but because, uh, apparently, uh, my anxiety medication has just decided that it wasn't going to work anymore. Um, so I've kind of metabolized it completely and it is no longer effective. Uh, so I've been living the last like four days now in a state of near constant panic. Um, and because of, you know, the way healthcare works in this country, I can't see anybody, until Friday at the earliest. So I have had a wonderful time leaning on uh, one of the lovely new dispensaries that's opened up in town. Get myself some uh, CBD gummies, which have been incredible. Um, some with THC just to really take the edge off outside of work hours. But uh, I was going to say, I can I can make a delivery. At dude, I, that place, um, it's called mother plant and they they're great i mean those guys they like i walked in there i was like this is what i want they gave me some options talked me through everything i mean just great time all around and you know and just so they know just so they know our uh our thc slash cbd uh um <laughs> sponsorship sponsorship, sponsorship, sponsorship yeah I mean, it's open. It's wide open. We right actually now. still have that slot open. So yeah. Um, Surprisingly, I know. Mike, what, what was the name of that dispensary again? Uh, I'm going to say Winooski Organics. Well, we got a spot for them. But Steve, you said somewhere <laughs> else too, didn't you? Yeah, Mother Plant. Mother, Mother Plant. plant. Either, yeah. of you, either of you fine folks, uh, we, we got a slot for you. We'd be happy to talk sponsorship with you. I just said that because my buddy owns the uh, Winooski Organics. But <laughs> go ahead, Steve. Gotcha. This is like, I literally just have, I went and picked up a bottle of sour gummy bears and they've they've been keeping me level, you know, until I can go and see an actual doctor and talk to them about my long-term options. I'll just, you know, calm myself with some of this stuff. Super effective. Um, and yeah, that's just been what I've been juggling. And it is not related to the state of our soccer club, by the way. This is an actual thing, a medical thing that does happen when you're on a low dose of anxiety medication. It can go away. It's unrelated to the shit show at Spurs. I, I just want to make that clear for those of you who are listening who are like, well, shit, Spurs have been really driving the anxiety into me. I wonder if I need to 
you know, do something about that. Well, probably, but this isn't Spurs related. Spurs are just, a, you know, they might be a contributing factor, but it's, they're not a cause. At Fair least, enough. you know, a, until scientists can prove otherwise. Steve, first, sorry. Uh, sorry you're going through that. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to minimize it and say, hey, it's only Friday, but I'm glad it's Friday they can see you because sometimes you hear stories about like, hey, we can see you in july you know so i absolutely uh, got lucky because they had a cancellation and were able to squeeze me in (laughs) yeah so that that's cool um my hope is that uh our conversations tonight do not add to your uh anxiety in any way but i can make no guarantees because after all we are talking about tottenham hotspur it's all therapy it's all therapy in here it's all therapy this Nothing. is a safe space for uh the millennials (laughs) millennials. we'll we'll see about that steve we'll see about that (laughs) Mikey boy, how you doing, man? You had a rough trip home. Oh, you, shit, you had a, a lovely week last week. We just want to hear about all of it within all the right. constructs of the time we have to talk tonight. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll make it short. I'll make it short. Um, so we, uh, we went to Disney World, uh, Universal, all that fun stuff. Uh, be, last time I talked to you guys, uh, I wasn't, I was without my mic. I just had my headphones, obviously, because I use them for travel too. Um, but I wasn't expecting to get on the pod, but I did. I was able to, and it was lovely. Uh, you know, being a guest on your pod, uh, yours, <laughs> yours, Steve's and Brian's pod. Um, he, Mike, was a little resentful, folks. He was wondering what he was, what he was even doing there. Isn't that the, right, Brian? Or next, Brian, isn't Brian, that see? right, Mike? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I, I hope he's, I hope he's listening. Um, Bring back Brian. <laughs> <laughs> the fans are clamoring for Brian. Episode instead title. He, what happened to Brian? Instead, he's <laughs> instead he's going to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> not Brian too. Brian um, from Rhode Island, the new Chelsea podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think last I talked to you guys it was only Monday. I was going to uh, Universal the next day, and let me tell you something: Universal does a great job down there. They are heads above above Disney World for comfort and for uh ease ease of uh thrill rides um the second you go it's 90 degrees down there i don't care what time of fucking year it is down there it's always fucking 90 and humid and anytime you even approach the entrance to a ride or or a line or a queue it's immediately cool like cold cool every single ride um, so hats off to Universal Studios. I gotta tell you, they got some fucking rides there, man. <laughs> the uh Rip Rocket roller coaster, the Hulk ride, uh holy shit, those both those rides were both awesome. I gotta say the Hagrid's uh motorbike adventure or whatever it was. Um, we were not able to use our express pass for that, but I we did stay we did stand in line for 90 minutes for it, and it was well worth it easily one of the best coasters i've ever been on i mean it was fast uh i was lucas was in the was in the uh the seat next to me because there's like a little sidecar and i was on the bike we were in the front row so you were hagrid and and lucas was in the sidecar i can picture it actually yeah yeah. it it works it works it did work so we're we're in the very front as well uh but you know not not to take anything away from disney they had the tron ride uh, which was outrageous. I have some cool videos I, I, I might share. Um, Slinky Dog was awesome. The whole Toy Story Land was awesome. Um, 
the Star Wars stuff, I think I told you guys, uh, I had like this incredible, crazy, like visceral, emotional reaction when I saw the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> uh, the whole place is cool. Like the rides, we finally got to do Rise of the Resistance because uh, we did go back on our last day. Uh, that ride takes you, it's about 25 minutes, the entire ride from, from start to finish mm. because it, it takes you through like an immersive experience. Like you start off as part of the resistance and then you go in and your ship gets boarded and your ship is legit boarded by actors <laughs> who are in stormtrooper costume. They're in, they're in first order costume, like, and they treat you like shit, like you're part of the resistance. And then you get away. And that ride was awesome. Uh, I got to say that the best, the best ride now that I'm, I've had some time to settle in was the avatar ride. It was just outrageous. Um, but that said, all that said, uh, had a shitty day yesterday trying to get back. Uh, our flight was delayed, uh, and we are just barely going to make our connecting flight in Burlington. Uh, and then at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, I was woken up by an alert on my phone saying that it had been delayed again, and then we weren't going to make it on our connecting flight. So, of course, I started doing the work, figuring it out. And uh, we ended up not making the flight. I had to cancel the flight, rent a car, which, Dave, you were right, one way. <laughs> they don't like it, do they? No. Oh, Hertz, Hertz tried to tell me there were no cars. And I said, all right, I'm going to go over here to Avis. And Avis told me there were no cars. And I said, I know the game. All right. Just, I said, I know there's, I can see that there's 30 cars out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like a car, please. I need to get back to Burlington, Vermont. So they gave me a car. The car smelled like weed. Um, sure. <laughs> brand new, brand new Chevy Malibu. Uh, Chevy is not is not going to be our sponsor because I'll never I'll never drive another Chevy car in my life. That right, Malibu was garbage. We've established um, that. There we go. Yeah. All right, we're we're got just a checking them off the list. I've been double I've been double charged. Woke up this morning, double charged. Charge no when way. I returned. Charge when I got it. Charge when I returned it. Five five hundred and sixty four dollars. <laughs> For, to drive 300 and something miles from New York City mm -hmm. to Burlington. So uh, it was rough. We got home late last night, um, but not late enough to see my Bruins fall apart. The greatest single season in the history of the NHL, and they lost to the worst team in the playoffs. Literally the who, worst team. Who, who happened to be from Florida as well, right? Who also happened to be from Florida, and they all love Ron DeSantis, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Uh, so let anyway. me recap. Let me recap real quick. So in terms <clears> of sponsorship opportunities, that's a no for Chevy, no a for no Chevy. for Avis. Um, but our nope. theme park, our theme park sponsor, that's still open, and we've got two contenders there, right? We'd we accept do. either, right? I, I will accept Disney, and I will accept uh, Universal Studios as well. If they um, want to put some bids in, you know, they they know where to find us. I assume. Listen, you know, you know, oh, Velocicoaster. Holy shit. Velocicoaster. <laughs> that thing was like a mind bender. Um, is that like a Jurassic Park themed deal or what, what do you got there? Or is yeah, it yeah, Velocity? Yeah. No, no, no. Velocicoaster. Like, gotcha. the, the, yeah, you're running. You're trying to escape from a Velociraptor. Like Jeff, um, Jeff Goldblum with you the whole way? A Chris <laughs> Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Okay. So, yeah. So our Chris Pratt uh, sponsorship is also open. Uh, it will go along. That's a very specific one. It will go along with either either Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Disney, or 
Universal and Jurassic Park. So we take Chris as a guest. I mean, that we could we could work that out. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I bet we'd have better luck with Tom Holland though. He is <laughs> a Spurs fan. Perhaps we work on both. Well, get Spidey Mar- on Marvel here. Marvel Universe. There we go. <laughs> you know, speaking of roller coasters, um, how about that uh, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? Yeah, isn't that uh, isn't that something? That's the purpose of this podcast, right? That's why we get together to talk about that. So I guess yeah, we shall. I suppose. Steve, take get us going somewhere. Like, where where do you want to go with this? I I see this weird like positive frame in your mind, and I'm really curious what you're gonna gonna do with that because I'm feeling rather pessimistic myself. As I think it's, I think it's actually uh, the the edge of sanity. Really- yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> or it may just be the gummies, you know, right? Maybe it's the gummies. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but no, I mean, look, if you think about what happened over the last full week, right? So we had that travesty at Newcastle, absolute embarrassment of a game. We got Stellini kicked the fuck way out of the club. Uh, Ryan Mason takes over. And then he, what, Mason has to go back-to-back United-Liverpool? I mean... Those were going to be difficult games with, you know, a first team manager who's been with the club the whole time for Ryan Mason, assistant coach to come in, take the reins and try to, you know, stamp out a lot of the um, garbage play that we've seen for long stretches of the season. It was a tall order. And despite the fact that we played like shit for the first 45 minutes at United, and for the first, well, honestly, 45 minutes at Liverpool, too, um, Mason managed to get the team to not completely collapse and shit themselves on the field. He got them to fight, which just seems miraculous in and of itself. The fact that Ryan Mason took a, you know, the same team, I think, what, there were two changes between United and, and Liverpool, takes the same team who conceded three times at Liverpool, twice at United, both in the first half, both games in the first half, they conceded those goals, go into halftime and get the teams to come out and put something together to make the fans at least feel like they're not completely wasting their time with the team. That to me is reason for some optimism alone. Um, You know, I, I think whatever he's doing, whether it's tactical adjustments, whether he's, you know, beating the shit out of players behind closed doors to get them to perform. I don't know what his tactics are, but he is getting these guys to turn things around and actually put some fucking effort in, uh, in the second half of these games. If he can get them to start games by putting effort in, I think that would just be absolutely like the pinnacle of, of head coach management at Spurs. Uh, get them to start well and play well for 90 minutes. But uh, no, he he got them hyped up. He got them to go out uh, to actually turn the game on the head, put Liverpool under a lot of pressure, nearly win the game, if not for uh, the walking travesty that is Lucas Mora. Um, <laughs> no, we got some really fun. And, and look, honestly, the, the Lucas Mora mistake aside, to look at the game, 
realize that you're only behind by a single goal and to sub on two attackers as wingbacks in Danjuma and, and Lucas Mora, the sheer balls on Ryan Mason to just fucking go all out at it. Because what does he have to lose, right? They're already losing the game. You know, the fans have been miserable for the last several months, honestly. Fucking go for it, right? Throw everything in the kitchen sink at them. You know, Liverpool are... are struggling with the pressure we got the tie the third goal to tie it up with a beautiful Richarlison finish who by the way long time coming glad he finally got that um so you know Lucas Mora mistake aside the fact that Mason is actually pushing our attackers to attack uh and and is actually getting stuff out of it you know we got two second half goals at United um three goals you know one in the first half but three total uh at liverpool to, to really make them fight for it incredible incredible work from him um and even his post-match you know brutally honest you know we gifted them four goals you know you can't do that like they didn't have to earn a thing you know he's not making excuses he's not trying to shield the players he's just telling it like it is you know it's not good enough the reason that we lost that game is because of us. You know, we've got to do better. He's not shying away from it. And and he's 31 years old. He's never managed as a head coach anywhere in his career. He's only been assistants and interim coach for us for half a dozen games. I, I got to say, I'm really hyped on Ryan Mason right now. You know, if we manage to get, you know, somebody like a, a Nagelsman or a slot or a company or whoever becomes head coach for us next year, I really hope the club will let Ryan Mason go out and and try his luck at like a championship team or something, you know, really get that experience. Cause I think if he can formulate some of his own ideas and really find his own voice, instead of trying to work with the remnants of coaches past, I think he's got some potential to be a really strong manager just on the basis of what I've seen in the six games after Mourinho and, and the first two games of his tenure this season. You know, Steve, it's interesting as you were talking, I was thinking like this this team boggles my mind. These next four games are all against mid-table teams like Spurs. Um, you got you got Palace coming up, Villa, Brentford, and who's the last one? Um somebody else. Who, who am I missing out of those four? Uh Leeds. Leeds, right? So all winnable. Like top four is way, way, way in the rearview mirror, but European place is is still in play and that's freaking crazy um there's there's you make the case for some degree of optimism uh which is needed when you're when you're feeling the pessimism that I, that I'm certainly feeling Mike what do you what are you thinking about all this um I'm really you know I, I was pretty down last week uh my wife is taking uh, a, a nice new interest in in spurs uh yeah yeah and it's it's been it's been pretty nice uh to actually discuss things with her and uh it's helped me to stay a little calmer because <laughs> she has she is just the probably the, the least um affected woman by any kind of stress uh mm -hmm. she doesn't or at least she doesn't show it um but i can tell you like i was pretty down after newcastle <clears throat> which I'm sure, you know, a lot of us were these last two games. I've had no expectations going in. Right. It's been kind of, it's been kind of fun. Of course you didn't expect to be, you know, down three nil within what, like 
12 minutes, 18 minutes. No, (laughs) no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I know Ryan Mason is uh, a little, a little less strict with his, uh, with his tactics. I know that he's, he is willing, more willing to change, change up tactics in the middle of game. If he has to, Um, I know that he's, uh, he bleeds for this club. Um, In fact, he did. Um, And, and and I know that like there's there was at the point there was nothing to play for so there was like no stress on me I was like you know the first 15 minutes of this match uh, I I didn't get to watch it live I did have to endure uh, a a drive home in a rental car um, with all you assholes every two seconds whether it's you or Brian or Ross or you know uh, one of the Green Mountain guys uh, it was like 72 messages when I got home. <laughs> um, you know, so the old turn off notifications button just was not, was not in Mike's uh, repertoire that day. Was it Mike? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But I, I mean, <laughs> I did know what happened. Like I knew that it happened. The first 15 minutes happened because like, you know, had the Apple car play on and it kept on coming up and the, the bleacher report stuff just kept on coming up and uh, it's fine fine i was like oh here we go again but i didn't i wasn't stressed out about it like i was with newcastle um you know i knew that once harry kane scored that things were probably going to start to straighten out um we needed someone to slot one past them and i mean that was a fucking nice goal i mean that was a really nice goal uh on on kane's part it was a beautiful ball put in by parasitch um, I got to tell you something about this team that I've noticed. Uh, I went back and rewatched the, the Man U game and I watched the full game today, even knowing what happened. Um, there is some amount of resiliency there. Um, I, I watched a lot of the pundits today to um, talk about how good Parasic has been. And I disagree uh wholeheartedly yeah. disagree um i think that some of the offensive things that he does when he's on the ball uh the crosses and that kind of stuff that he puts in are usually like right on uh they outshine his defensive inca- liabilities and inca- liabilities incapabilities yeah um you know and then on the other side you've got pedro poro still taking shit for that first goal the other day when actually it was probably Kulisevsky's fault. Um, you know, I mean, he was, Kulisevsky was, you know, I, you, you take a look back at that and you look and you see two men marking one guy, right? That two men were marking Diaz, right? You have Poro and Romero. Well, it's Romero's job as the center center back to tell Poro to get out there on that man. But on the other hand, uh, Kulisevsky, Kulisevsky fell onto the ground and Pedro Poro didn't have enough time to get back over there. I don't blame Pedro Poro. Uh, I, I think Pedro Poro is being asked to do stuff that he's incapable of doing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's young. He's coachable. I think that uh, offensively, he is going to be, um, he is going to be a linchpin in, in, in how we move forward with this club. I think that he's going to be a superstar. And I think he's super coachable because he's so young. I think he's willing to do the work to get better on the defensive side. So, you know, whoever we hire as a manager, um, you know, 
hopefully I, I'm still hoping it's Nagelsmann. And then if it is, I think you're going to see things tighten up and I think you're going to see a lot of people out of the club. Um, at this point, I think Parasic, Parasic needs to go. Uh, I think Dyer needs to go. Um, I can say another thing that I saw today that I, I, I was uh, made re-aware, re-aware of. Um, and I'm, and it's something from the documentary a couple of years back. There was the scene where uh, Delhi comes in to the locker room, throwing a tantrum, throwing water Thro- bottles. Yeah, throwing throwing water bottles, throwing his mm-hmm. shin guards, whatever he was doing. Um, I still, I, I now, I now know that it's Eric Dyer who's the problem in the in the locker room. I Go mean, further, explain. De- Delhi wasn't the problem, but Eric Dyer sat there. And and Delhi Delhi it was a he was probably a problem too with that attitude but Dyer sat there and egged him on and egged him on and egged him on and kept on saying well say a person say a name say a name and Delhi kept on to his credit kept on saying it's not about a name it's about this whole team now um, I don't know if Dyer was I, I was Dyer part of that group that group of players that went in and and balled everybody out. I don't know. Um, I do know that Skippy was part of that group. I know that Harry Kane was part of that group. I know that Hugo was part of that group, right? We all know that at this point. But Eric Dyer egged him on and egged him on and egged him on and kept on picking at him and picking at him and picking at him. And Delhi just spun this web and spun himself into a into a ball that he couldn't get out of. Um, and, I, and I think Eric Dyer is like he's a silent picker. And mm-hmm. I think that he is part of the problem in that locker room. I think Hoiberg is probably part of the problem um, on the field. Uh, you know, he's become what? What does Barty call him? Uh, a cement mixer, right? Yeah, and I, I, I used to really be bothered by that, and I, I, I got Barty's back on that. Now I, I still I disagree. It. You still disagree? I still disagree. I think he's still a victim of the system that he's been put in. I think that he has no rotation option available for him. Um, He's played every single minute. Yeah. And, you know, what people, I think, seem to forget is when he gets his rest and when he was alongside Benton Kerr, when, Mm -hmm. you know, we had him available, he was incredible. He was popping up with goals, with assists. He was all over the field covering everything we're seeing him at his worst right now. Um, and it's simply because what other option is there? You know, if he needs a break, if he needs to be benched, we've got Pepsar, who frankly should be getting a chance out there, but he's not for whatever reason. Um, and honestly, in that second half against Liverpool, when we brought on Sar for, and, and just had three in the midfield, I thought Hoiberg was was back to being a, a pretty solid option. Um, I thought he was performing really well in that brief period when we had three midfielders, which to me says it's more of a system thing. You know, he's trying to cover for deficiencies behind him and Eric Dyer. Um, You know, he's trying to cover. There was one screenshot I saw, and I can't remember if it was United or if it was Liverpool, where because Perisic was so far up and because Dyer was so high in the midfield that Hoybeard had to play like right next to Davies or Longley or whoever's at left center back to try to cover uh, a breakaway. You know, it, it, to me, he's a scapegoat. 
um, and people will keep pointing fingers at him. I don't think he's the problem personally. Um, I think that if we can get a change of system and if we can really play into his strengths, you know, maybe not a starter, but certainly a, a good squad option. Uh, you know, Steve, I want to I want to acknowledge the nuance of what you what you argued there. I, I think I'm guilty of and I, I, I'm not ready to abandon it, but I'm guilty of I, I've been watching Hoybier more and more. He helps out because he wears like these bright pink shoes. So he's easy to keep an eye on. And uh, he spends a lot of time pointing and yelling at other people what they should be doing, but he's not getting to the, to the obvious places that, that you know, he should be getting in the circumstances. Your point about it being the system and he's maybe covering too many gaps and deficiencies could be a hundred percent valid, but he'd probably I mean, end up being a great fucking manager. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just struggling with him coaching everybody else, but he knows that he knows what everybody else you know? should be doing, but yeah, but for sure. At I mean, this he, point is incapable of doing his own job. Yeah, but put yourself in his shoes, right? You've got a player like Eric Dyer who's constantly out of position, constantly turning the ball over. You know where you need to be on the field. But because guys like Dyer, who I'm picking on specifically because I think he's been the single biggest piece of garbage over the last few games, when he's you know, when he's pushed too far up forward, when he's turning the ball over left and right, it's really difficult to be in the position that you need to be in when you're constantly needing to shift over because some other fuck made a mistake. Um, And now all of a sudden you have to cover for that. I know, I know that Dyer's been poor the entire season and Romero's been poor because Dyer's been poor and Pedro Poro's been poor and on defensive, defensively, defensively. Right. Um, You know, it just makes me think, what we could have done with somebody like, you know, uh, uh, Jed Spence, um, uh, you know, to fill to fill the gaps. Um, the fact remains, and and I hate to always harp on this because I'm always, uh, I'm a big proponent of the next man up theory. Um, go do your fucking job. You're paid a lot of money to do it, but we have a lot of injuries right now. Yeah, to be where we are, to be where we are, we're incredibly fortunate. Um, I'm, I've been actually having fun watching Spurs uh, make these comebacks. Um, we, we have Bendinker out, who, it, it, despite what anybody might think about him, is a fucking world class defensive midfielder, world class, who has a streak of of offensive brilliance in him. Um, we're without Emerson Royale, who, uh, who would have really helped in a back four um, and, and who was coming into his own on that, in that wing back spot um, before he got injured, we have, uh, you know, we have, a, a, I mean, just a, a number of just, we've, we've had injuries left and right. Sessegnon, Ben Davis, who just came back where Charleston was hurt. Uh, not to mention the one guy that we thought was going to shore up our midfield was Eve, Eve Basuma, you know, um, like these guys, I think that we're in a much better position if these guys aren't injured. Um, I think Conte's still here. If these guys aren't injured, quite yeah. honestly, um, even though we, it, this, the writing was on the wall, we were in the flusher. Um, I think that Eve Basuma would, would benefit, uh, a lot from, from a Ryan, a Ryan Mason type of a system. Uh, 
where he's he's able to flow and just be uh what he needs to be like with Graham Potter I think Ryan Mason is I'm not saying Ryan Mason is as good or smart or tactically as Graham Potter um or as, uh, he's definitely as good with with the team and with his uh with his players um as as Graham Potter was at a young age too you know uh a, a lot can be said about these player coaches right um not player slash coaches but the 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 players coaches you know um Terry Francona was like that in baseball, right? Phil Jackson was like that in basketball. Just coaches, managers that that guys didn't just respect, but fe- uh, it felt were their friends, mm-hmm. right? And and it works out to a point. But I, I think that you know, going forward, Spurs have players that are salvageable, but they ha- it has to be the right system and you have to have a flexible manager and you have to have somebody who's ready to bring in young kids mixed with, with new players. And uh, we can get into that, you know, in a little bit, because I've got some thoughts. I think that Dave and I uh, were, were discussing earlier. Clean house. There is, there is one other stat I want to bring up before we go on Vacuum to the next cleaner, important Dave. question. The sucker. Cause I saw this on, on Twitter and I wanted to do a little bit of digging. So I put the research department on this. Youngman's son, this season, under Conte, had six goals and four assists across 26 games in the Premier League alone. Okay? Conte gets sacked. After Conte gets sacked, son gets four goals, one assist in six games. 26 games for six goals and four assists. He's already on four goals, one assist in six games. Yeah, that's cool data. Interesting twist on the data. Which which team in those two eras had a better record? The less the less Sun Goals team had a better record. Better standing in the table too. It's true, but it the point that I'm trying to make is that there is some tactical nuance to what's going on between mm-hmm. the teams which is either inhibiting certain players from performing to the best of their abilities and maybe making other players look, you know, better than they might actually be. Uh, you know, we, Eric Dyer, I think up until October was honestly probably pretty good. You know, I seem to remember back before the World Cup when we were thinking, wow, you know, he's putting a shift in, he's doing a good job, you know, he should be getting called up to the England team. Then he got called up to the England team, and after that, he's just been hot garbage. Um, Remember that time in September when Eric Dyer was good this season? Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a, a long stretch, um, but it's just funny. It's just one of those things, right? Like, no, he's got. I, I'm sure he's got it in him. Eh, I'm 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 yeah. less. I'd, I'd rather not wait around to find out. But you know, yeah. you can't. You I think I think he's hit. I think Eric Dyer. Uh, at, as a player has hit a pinnacle in his career. And I, and I think it's done, you know, he's on the downside of his career. Um, it's, it's, it's not even a point like, you know, center backs sometimes don't hit their pinnacle, their peak until they're in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. Right. You have, you, we have evidence at Tottenham for that, you know, mm-hmm. with Toby and Jan. Um, so, I mean, Center backs definitely don't hit their peaks, but Dyer's hit his peak. He's 
he's worn out. Uh, he's causing he's causing Romero to make even more boneheaded plays than he's he's typically capable of. He's making he's making Romero, who is an excellent. I'm not saying Romero is the best in the world, but he is an excellent world class defender. Um, and he's great on the ball. He's making Christian Romero look awful. And Christian Romero is a player who needs good players around him to be good because when Christian Romero has good players around him that, that defend well, he can focus on the job that he needs to do. I see Steve laughing about that, but no, I, I'm laughing. Cause it just reminded me. And for another week, I got to bring in the Simpsons. It's like <laughs> that episode where Mrs. Krabappel is trying to visualize what Bart does <laughs> those around him in class and she brings out this diagram that's just like this is Bart's seat and it's this giant pit with every other desk falling into it that's Eric <laughs> Dyer he's just bringing everybody around him down I, I thought you were I thought you were about to tear me down for no. for my comments on Romero no I think you're spot <laughs> on I think Eric Dyer is bringing every player around him down just because he's as bad as he has been He's been making steady Eddie uh, Ben Davis look look like he's terrible too. Uh, and we know that Ben Davies is like a six or seven out of 10 every single time. Yeah, and, he's unreliable and, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, speaking of ratings, Steve, you got anything on your mind you want to ask anybody about while we, while we have a moment? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think there is a question. Um, very important question. And it's uh, directed to you, Mike. Uh, oh, hi. hi and the question right. is as follows. Uh, hey, Mike, <clears throat> what you drinking? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Steve. I'm, I'm glad to be home. Um, currently, I'm going to finish this delicious uh, IPA. I think Mike lives for this, don't you, Steve? Like, I think he is, as Monday plays out, he's just thinking about what he's going to say and how he's going to respond to things. You love this, don't you, Mike? This is uh, yeah because it's all about me. It's all about Mike. Yeah, this is your moment. This is this is when Mikey shines. He's like he's like the sun. <laughs> I am like this. Right now, I'm drinking this delicious Vermont IPA. I'd never had it before. I said I'm gonna have. I like Long Trail. Yeah, Long Trail is um, good. It's it's just basic solid craft yeah. beer. Um, that IPA is really good. I've never had it. I've never bought it. Um, but that's not what I'm doing today. Uh, because I just finished a, a pint of that, and I had he's, a couple. He's doing a fruity beer because Mike likes fruity beers now, right? Mike? I'm not doing a fruity beer, wise ass. Um, and in I'm fact, doing a beer with fruit. Beer with fruit added. <laughs> it's brewed with fruit. Uh, I'm doing a beer from one of my favorite breweries on the planet, and I was going to save it to do with my guest, um, with our guest, I should oh, say. Oh, you, you hear he just claimed the guest. You catch that, Steve? With yeah. my guest. This is well. I, I, now, now you all know where we stand in this. Our arrangement. guest, our guest was yeah. going to be on my segment, <laughs> your segment. <laughs> so, the, so we should just rename this Mike and the Wicked Spursies, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you know, when I was when I was uh, in the airports and in the parks, I gave out at least 10 of those wicked spursy stickers. And how did that happen? Like what would tell the exchange sequence to me? I, I was called out by a guy. I was wearing uh, my Spurs hat and in, in, mm -hmm. in LaGuardia airport. And I had, I had a guy call me out from another gate down. Like, like yelled, come on you Spurs or yelled, 
Hey, no, no, scumbag. Co- what did what did he? No, what did he, he call was it? like, he goes Tottenham Hotspur. That's my club. <laughs> nice, nice. Had another guy at the pool at the hotel. Uh, a couple of people at, at one guy at Universal who is uh, from England, uh, from North lived lives in North London, grew up in North London. Um, in fact, you know what he said to me? He said, "It's an unfortunate year." What's even more unfortunate is I have to live with her. And I was like, what? He goes, Arsenal. <laughs> you mean the second place on the table, Arsenal? Is that who you're talking about? They're not second place on the table yet, but. Yeah, they are. What? Wait, oh, wait. Did it happen? Yeah, it happened yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So I gave out a bunch of those Wicked Spursy stickers. Hopefully uh, it works out. Um, and hopefully those folks are listening. So this is uh, from one of my favorite Canadian breweries. Can I? Uh, Labatt. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Molson. <laughs> um, this is uh, Dieu de Seal. Uh, Bless you? Yeah, no, dude, this, this, this brewery is legit. Uh, they're just off the, the campus of, uh, what's the big college in Montreal? shit anyway um but MG. they <laughs> montreal university <laughs> monsters, no, monsters university monsters, <laughs> monsters university another hey, wazowski <laughs> another great show at uh at uh at disney um <laughs> anyway uh they have some of the best beers on the planet and uh, what's the name what's the name of the brewery again mike uh do seal spell that for me d-i-e-u D-U-C-I-E-L. All one word. Yeah. No, well, no, no. Three words. Do the seal. Do the seal. All right. Um, so this is called Creation DDC. Uh it's it's a Czech Pilsner. Comes in at 5.1 alcohol. Uh, or it's a Czech lager. I'm sorry. Czech lager. Uh comes at a 5.1 alcohol uh one pint um they make some really good ipas they make some really great sours there um the first place that i ever had a sour uh was there but they do a lot of european style beers they make um a really great wit as well but um this one's kind of cool the the can looks cool that is cool it's neat it kind of looks like a honestly it looks like kind of like morocco yeah what I picture Morocco would look like only because I just been to uh Epcot's Epcot Center. You see, my first thought was uh Tatooine, but I guess Morocco's kind of <laughs> Morocco, Tatooine, they're they're both the same, right? They're both the same place. Close enough. Uh, I'm gonna pour this into this nice uh lager glass, lager mug. Ooh, this is more like a pilsner, it looks more like a pilsner. There's no beer advocate review for this. I, I've already checked. Yeah, I'm trying to find it on their website too. I'm struggling thus far. Uh type in B-O-I-R-E. I don't even know how to pronounce this. I uh B-O-I-R-E frog. Oh, there it is. There is a beer advocate review. Ooh. 
Oh, and I found it. I found it as well, Mike. Creation DDC, right? Yeah. It's a guava sour. Yes. That's not what this says. It says Czech style Czech lager. Pilsner. Whoa. Czech style lager. Oh, they have multiples of it. My bad. What color is it? Oh, it's, it's orange. Orange yeah, so and I'm, red. I'm looking at a kind of orange and reddish one. Hmm. With blue clouds. With blue clouds. All right. Very interesting. There must they this must be like a series. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know. This is one of my favorite breweries. Uh I I, I just love this brewery. Um I'm I'm this beer pours really nicely. Perfect head on it. Um it smells like it smells like a Czech lager pilsner. I'm gonna take a real quick picture before I sip on this. Get that on the gram. On the gram. I, I did put out an Instagram today. My first in a while. But I can't wait to get into this beer. Uh, there's nothing of note amongst these reviews. Not not worth our time. Nothing fun or crazy. No. With no. loggers, you don't really get anything crazy unless it's like fucking Budweiser. I guess Lone Freighter hasn't made his way uh, north of the border here. That's an interesting reaction. Mm. So is that. Somebody looks content. That's a good beer. Um, <clears throat> I've had only one bad beer from them, and it was a fruited sour. Um, and maybe it's not. Maybe it wasn't a bad beer. It was just a bad beer for me. This beer is a perfect example of a czech style pilsner lager um it's got a little bit of the the hoppy bite from the saz hops uh that you always see in a czech uh a czech lager um it's got a little bit of like sweetness uh it's got a good head on it it's fizzy uh it's nice and cold it's drinkable i have another big sip of this and uh and I'll get to my rating here. Now, is the cold brewed into it, or is it cold because you had it in the refrigerator? Both, sir. <laughs> Both. Uh, pilsners and lagers are uh, are fermented at cold temperatures. Um, that's why they're always like clear and crisp. Don't have to go through uh, like a bright tank process. <clears throat> Man, this beer's good. Um, Got a nice soapy head on it, Dave. Soapy. Soapy, eh? Soapy. Soapy, eh? There you go. Um, I'm going to go 3.7 on this. Oh, wow. wow. We way overshot him. You talk big. Yeah, we, we, we went high. Man, we won't even tell you what we what we rated based on you. You're up at like 4.2, 4.3. We were above four. Yeah. We'll just put it that way to you. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like the best, but it, it, it is a really good Czech style lager pilsner. It's because of that week off that that week where he was in Disney just really scrambled the uh, oh the my sensors. god drinking so many terrible. I had this. I had this. I I can't even remember the name of the brewery, but I had this beer from. I want to. I, I want to say it was. It was called Old Elephant Foot IPA. Hmm. Sounds new, delightful. New, new England 
double IPA, hazy double IPA. It was as clear as this. Um, and it was so bad that like, you know, I was reading my book in bed, trying to get to sleep. Amy's reading her book. I looked over, over at her and I said, can I have a sip of your wine? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was, it was that, it was that bad. The, so some of those beers have like, maybe they've, maybe they've messed up my, uh, my palate, if you will. <laughs> Numbed it, so to speak. How about a Numbed song, it. Mike? What do you got for a song for us? Oh God. Don't give us some French number. Um, you guys know Little Feet? I feel like I know Little Feet, but I can't think of what they sing offhand. Um, I'm going to go Spanish Moon on this. All right. This is one of those scenarios where you got me. Like, I can't have a comment because I don't no, know the you song can't. you're talking about. I, no, yeah. no. It's, so. it's a good one. It's a... It's a best rendition of spanish moon like i i will give you um is from wedding for columbus the double live album yeah i i, I i'm gonna have to look that one up i don't have you, no you should you should steve is gone steve, steve left us he gone oh he's not gone gone he's still he's still on but he just had to go somewhere so it's just us for now so that's good he, he has to pee Apparently, I got to tell you, I, I'm going to comment. Now, you see what would ha- what was happening is as I'm sitting here <laughs> listening, listening to you describe your rating and the song, I hear this um, gagging coming from the other room, and I'm sitting there like, "Oh, your dog threw on? up! Tell me your dog threw up!" He threw up. Yep. Oh, that's the worst. And of course, I'm like watching him just hunched over this thing. It's like, no, get away, get away! <laughs> like, I got to clean that. Don't you try eating that and then throw up somewhere else. Uh. Nothing like the dog working one out, man. You just you just feel it coming, and you oh, that's got a waste for it. So here's where I was at, Steve. Uh, it, I heard everything. I was, I was going to comment on uh, on Dave's dope ass sweatshirt. This is a dope ass sweatshirt. You like it? I love that sweatshirt. Yeah. So I mean, this is basically the best thing about my White Sox this year is the sweatshirt because they suck. Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, my boy, my baseball team and soccer Bombs. team. Jakey Bombs is our boy. Jakey Bombs is handling. I mean, he's right around where he should be 250, 258, whatever. But he's leading, he's leading the team. He's in the top 10 in home runs in the league. And he's a a serviceable third baseman. No, for the first three weeks. No, man, they are, they have been rough. They have been rough. So if they make anything of this season, heck of a turnaround. But that's not, we also comment, Steve, on Dave's uh, wonderful Jurgen Klopp. 2020 2021 glasses yep <laughs> yepers it's a classic look, classic look. Uh, yeah, the, I, I appreciate i do have i do have new glasses myself they're bigger uh i it took a while to get used to because i have uh what they call um transitions Ooh. not transition uh yeah they're transition you've, lenses you've yeah, made the leap yeah. have you oh yeah well no no i mean i've i made the leap like five years ago but the with the bigger lenses, it's a little harder to get used to. I'll tell you what. I mean, not to talk about old stuff, but I, you know, I I went to the eye doctor. I wear I wear contacts all the time. You guys know that. Um, very seldom wear my glasses unless my my eyes are bugging me. 
And uh, this time of year that can happen though, because of, you know, stuff in the air. But anyway, I hadn't been to the eye doctor in like ages, ages, ages. And my prescription had changed enough that the new prescription, when I got the new glasses and contacts, like, holy crap, man, I, I was, I was having to move and adjust, adjust everything. I felt like I was in this like 4d video game. <laughs> Everything looked crazy to me, but I'm, like I'm finally flying at him for real, man. I was like, wow, I, I can see that. There are leaves on that tree. That's, that's, wow, pretty that's amazing. what a baseball looks like. Precisely. You know, Precisely. It, it's funny you mentioned that because when I went earlier this year, it was because, you know, my eyes were bothering me and I was getting headaches and I was like, what the hell's going on? It was because my one of my eyes had a 0.5 change. Hmm. And that was enough where I noticed it and it was bothering me. So you're talking about like, you know, not going years and years and years and all of a sudden everything's in. Yeah. Fuck, dude, I can't go like six months without <laughs> my eyes. Like, yeah, you're, you're either dying or something's wrong with your eyes. Like, you got to figure that out. Welcome to old age, Stephen. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Uh. So, hey, I was going to tell you guys uh, two cool things before we get into future uh, future Spurs. Although, man, we're running out of time. But I, I hinted to you last week. We've got uh, all the time in the world, Dave. This is true. This is true. Uh, hinted to you last week, the uh, the boy who's graduating from, from college in a couple weeks now. Um, and uh, I have ordered the Chicago-style dogs and deep dish. Uh, it will be on premises for the party. So I know you guys are excited about that. What's that date again? What's that date again? 21st Sunday the 21st um unless it's Sunday the 22nd whatever the Sunday 21st. is of, of that particular weekend but uh yeah so he got it he got ex- admitted and he accepted uh GW law school down in DC so I'm pretty excited GW yeah excited for that Good for him cool uh cool news and then I was also going to tell you guys about a um a wonderful t-shirt I bought the other day that I'm extremely proud of and excited about are you guys ready for this yeah. Um, uh, oh, oh, of course. Yeah, lay it this, on me. This is. I cannot wait to get this shirt because of the the dorky irony of it. Um, it's a shirt with with <laughs> He Man. He Man is on the front of it, holding two two dumbbells, and it says, "Do you even lift, bro?" I can't <laughs> wait to get that damn shirt, man, because I used to love He Man when I was a kid. I specifically loved Man at Arms. He was kind of my my favorite. You know, that was that was my guy. But the green and yeah, orange, yeah, you know. Like like most guys, I can't say most, but you know, typical guy in my teens and twenties. I I used to lift a lot. I used to be jacked, but hey, I'm 48 now, so life's a little different. So I can't wait to wear the ironic T-shirt with he man acting like I'm I'm something special when I'm. That's far. funny because I used to lift a lot and I was not jacked. <laughs> just just strong, right? Farmer strong. <laughs> Farmer strong. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Remember when CrossFit became a thing? Like the, the people used to talk about being farmer strong. That's what CrossFit. Yeah, was I mean, cr- no, CrossFit was a bunch of bros who were in their thirties trying to reclaim some of their old strength, yeah. you know, and and and, and, and they're and, bro them. And now they're all fifty and buying He Man T shirts that say "You even live." <laughs> yeah, you you went and, you went and did CrossFit, didn't you? You're left I did not. I never never did CrossFit. Throwing no. anchors and shit, right? <laughs> Hauling chains around, giant chains. You know, a buddy of mine got uh, ended up with rhabdomyelitis from that. Yeah, hey. like like his entire tricep just gave up. Yeah, not good. <laughs> Turned to mush. Yeah, now he's got like those teacher flappy teacher arms. <laughs> <laughs> flappy teacher arms. <laughs> That's what you get, CrossFitter. Oh shit! It, Took a turn. All right, boys, great? what are we what are we looking ahead to, man? We got we got a few games ahead. Some of them should be winnable. 
Uh, are we optimistic or are we pessimistic or does it even matter anymore? Steve, what do you think? I mean, I don't think it even matters, to be honest. I mean, win or lose, like I, I would expect Ryan Mason at home to coax out a win against Crystal Palace assuming that he can explain to the defense that the game starts when the whistle blows at minute one and uh, not let them gift Zaha, you know, like two or three goals in the first 15 minutes. And then we're playing catch up. Zaha I, I, or Zava? Which one was it? Zaha. Oh, sorry. I was Zaha. Zaha. Had my, had my Ted Lasso on. Zaha. <laughs> now, but you know, that to me, it, it should be a winnable game, but with Spurs being Spurs, I, you know, it, I I could see a case being made for us conceding early and then trying to play catch up. And oh, we came to life in the second half, but can we do something with it? I I don't know. It, it, in some cases, I think being at home is almost a disadvantage because if we give up that early goal, that crowd is going to turn on them. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't blame them as long as they can, you know, keep some of the, you know absolutely absurd um you know booing sanchez level bullshit off like i i I get it you know they're going to be disappointed when we concede first again and are playing catch up again uh but it's a game we should win but win or lose i i'm not bothered by it you know i've been saying it for weeks the season's been over since like january I'm just not phased by it anymore. I'm still looking forward to what we do next season, hopefully with a better uh, permanent head coach, a clear project in mind, and ideally some top-level defensive recruitment. Um, that's that's what I'm looking for. You know, you said it earlier, Dave, a bunch of mid-table teams. Aston Villa will probably beat us. We can probably go toe-to-toe with Bradford. We should beat Leeds because that team is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, win or lose, you know, we're not getting relegated. Maybe we end up in like the conference league or something when all said and done. I don't know, but... For me, it's all about what happens next season. This season is just like, it's gone. It's been over for me for for a while now. Mike, what do you think? Uh, season's not over for me. I, I like I said, I just I just got this like <clears throat> renewed interest because there was nothing to play for, right? We talked about how oh well, Europe's out. We're probably gonna end up in eighth place. Uh, you know this that and the other thing. Um, but you know, the more you think about it, um, the, the more it bothers you, you know? So if you don't think about it so much, if you don't think about, um, all the deficiencies that we have in the squad, all the problems that we have in the squad, whether it's personnel problems, which is, which is, uh, you know, which is a big deal, uh, especially in, in, in the backside, um, or personal issues, uh, which affects the locker room. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter right now. It shouldn't matter to fans. Um, like Steve said, like we gave up on the season. We just want it over with, but you know what? It's been kind of exciting the past couple of games. We played two really hard teams to play like two top, five level teams and and uh 
we came out pretty rosy from that. Like, granted, you know, after the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, 20, well, well, I'll say 25 minutes of the game, the Spurs got dominated. I mean, it was like almost 90% possession for Liverpool in those first 20 to 25 minutes. Um, I think Spurs were the better team from 40 minutes on. Um, it was pretty even from like 20 to 40. Uh, I, you know, it's been fun to to watch the tactical switches and that kind of stuff that we kind of had had been clamoring for as a fan base from Conte um, when things weren't going right. But he is, his system was just so strict and so, so rigid that it, it just it didn't allow for it. So right now, let's just have fun with what's what's happening. Uh, let's see what Ryan Mason can do for us. Let's l- let's l- let Ryan Mason do something for the next manager. You know that that he can see, or she, uh, probably he, but <laughs> um, can see this is something I can work with, right? You know, yeah. we know we know that Nagelsmann is close. He's very close. He he went and saw what the shit show that is Chelsea and said, no thanks. And if he said no thanks to Chelsea, we got a definite shot at him. Uh, yeah, that's good for us. Because yeah, our, sure. our shit show is not even close to what Chelsea's going to be yeah. going through with financial fair play in the next couple of years. Um, that all said, like, it, let's have fun with this, man. Um, I, I mean, I do have some other final thoughts when we get to them. But, like, moving forward, we have Aston Villa, I think we can play with. Um, they were shown to be to be brought down to, to earth last week. Um, Brentford, I didn't think we were going to be able to play with. Thomas Frank is a brilliant coach. Um, Leeds, they're fucking garbage. If we don't beat them, we don't deserve to even be in Europe, let alone above Crystal Palace. Uh and Crystal Palace. Uh, I hope Wilf Zaha has a terrible, 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 terrible hangnail in the middle of the game. <laughs> He'll have something that prevents him from. I don't. I don't. I don't want him to break anything or be injured for the rest of the season. I just want him to have a hangnail that hurts really bad. So when he kicks the ball, you know that it, that it hurts, like an infected toenail would be would be great. Nice. Nothing that's gonna kill him. You know. Mike, I I just I just I'm trying to think about why I found it so funny. I love that you even intimated that the Spurs coaching hire could be a, a woman. Um, not that a woman couldn't do the job, but like looking at looking at sports leagues and their level of progressivism. You know, the uh, <laughs> the Premier League is not at the top of like shutting down the good old boys club anytime soon. So the fact that you're like he or she, probably he. <laughs> It's just pretty, listen to your damn hilarious man. Listen, dude, my 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 uh Washington Commanders, they their uh running backs coach is a woman. Yeah, and yeah. and I want to tell you, uh Washington was was one of the better running teams in the league last year. I, I was so reading uh yesterday don't ever that... rule out a, a woman as as a coach, and I think not at all, not at it's all. It's closer than you it's closer than we might think in in, in world soccer. Do you think so? I like in world soccer. I don't see it. I like. Did you see Becky? Hammond? I mean, the, you guys the, know who Becky the men's and women's the men's and women's soccer like 
professional soccer games are, are even on the world stage are so far apart. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, I, I, it's sad to say, but you have to, you have to say it that, that the women's, the women's game is not even close to where the men's game is. I mean, evidenced by what happened with like, what was it? North Texas when they played their men's team played the women's, the U S women's national team. I, I, I didn't mean, see that. Was it, it was, was yeah, it I think it was bad? North Texas. It was, it was some, maybe Texas Christian who, who played against the U S women's national team and just destroyed them. Mm. The games are different. It, it, but if, I mean, let's be honest, if this is a whole different conversation, it if is there. If there's a pipeline to develop that opportunity, it will get there. Like, so Becky Hammond uh, was an assistant coach in the NBA with the Spurs for a long time, San Antonio Spurs. Right. And yeah, then yeah. she, she just recently went to Las Vegas, like first year won the championship in the WNBA. And then now she's getting head coaching interviews back in the NBA. So like, she'll probably be the first one to crack the, the head coach threshold. And, yeah. And she would, the premier league doesn't even have a, they don't even have a pipeline for it. Like I can't, no. I'm not aware of any place that has like an Academy coach that is a, is a female or, you know, even bench coaches. In, in if the any prime. of you guys know, just, yeah. Yeah. Would, tweet would us. Love to hear it. Yeah. But yeah, I, w- I would love to, I would love to see it. I mean, you got to create the path though. Otherwise, just because just the men's and women's happen. games are so far apart. doesn't mean that a woman can't, a woman can't do the job because they, they could. Valid. Um, yeah. Valid. All right, how about closing thoughts, boys? Steve, we'll let you uh, take first crack at it. Closing thought. Closing thoughts. You know, I'm looking at the calendar. I'm looking at the last few games we have ahead of us. And the thought occurred to me that our local Vermont Greed kicks off just three days uh, before Spurs play Leeds in the final game of the season. So. Mm. One team season comes to a close and the other one kicks right back up. I am so looking forward to getting down and, and catching some games uh, this season for Vermont Green. It's going to be a really exciting time. You know, it's nice having having a local club, um, you know, where the owners are like really tuned in and they're, they've got a purpose. They've got a mission. Um, they're really driving to something. You know, it's it's not like Premier League level competition by any stretch of the imagination it's a development league uh but still you know you get 2000 plus people showing up week after week cheering on the team celebrating getting pumped i mean that's going to be a great way to uh you know end the premier league and, and start our uh summer transition into something a little bit more fun and exciting for us locally yeah good shout thanks for that steve what about you mike uh not to not to just plug myself here, but uh, again, uh, <laughs> but I will, but I will. Um, Mike and yeah. the Wicked Spursy present nice Mike. thoughts. Listen, yeah. listen, listen. What do, hey, talk the, to us about what's on the Wicked Spursy podcast network because there's something special to share. <laughs> there's there certainly is. Uh, we do have, uh, we're going to be uh, ending our preseason um, uh, interviews uh, on United in Green uh, just to kind of continue what Steve said. Um, and And for those, for those people who aren't aware, United in Green is United in Green is a podcast, uh, for and about, uh, the, the Vermont Green football club. Um, and like Steve said, uh, they, they have, uh, a, a really good business model. Uh, they have a really good football model, uh, uh, built right here in Vermont, uh, based on the ideals, um that that 
that we kind of aspire to in Vermont, uh, which is social justice, um, which is climate justice, which is um, which is just like overall uh, good vibes, right? Like good vibes, right? Good vibes. The team is built on good vibes and social and 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 and, and uh, energy energy uh, justice. So that said. We have we're having our last interview uh, preseason interviews um, podcast coming up uh, probably next week, and then we'll get into uh, like Steve said, breaking down games and stuff. Um, me and my buddy Will will have uh, Steve on. Hopefully, Dave will get up. We'll have Dave on. Um, we also have and I and this is not where I wanted to go with my final thoughts, but this is great. Um, We'll also have uh, a special, special, special guests on. Um, Are you allowed to say it? Um, I don't know that I am, but I'm going to. Why not? Because um, it, it's cool. Yeah, we've been we've been in, in contact with Men and Blazers, and uh, we're going to have them on the podcast uh, when they come to Vermont to do their show. So that's um, that's that's phenomenal. Although Steve, I do note that. Mike makes that happen for his other podcast friends, but not for his Wicked Spursy podcast friends. It so was, I just want to. I want to tell you, lay it out there. It's a little easier. It's a little easier, but I. You, uh, you know, you know, Roger is a is a Chicago guy, Sox fan, Bears fan. Like I could talk to him all day. I I wouldn't even need you to. Just Roger and I could do our thing. Oh, why? Now instead, you're cutting, you're cutting me out now too. <laughs> instead, Mike's hoarding them all to himself. I, I see Dave what you're doing, Spurs, Dude, You know what? Featuring you know Mike. <laughs> If 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 I had to wear an Everton shirt on my on my on our podcast here, would on you my, on my body? I would to get to get Roger up to get those guys up. Well, you're gonna have you're gonna have a captive, so start working on it, buddy. Lay lay the ground. Well, Everton Everton shirts are about to go on fucking deep discount, so. <laughs> big time sale. Yeah. <laughs> if I got an Everton shirt, I would say we're Charleston on the back. <laughs> Just super super discounted, super <laughs> discounted for that. Push that, push that finger right into the wound. Hey, what a boy. brilliant imagery to end on. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Boys, this has been good. Uh, not the easiest time to be a Spurs fan, but uh, you both make it a lot more fun. So I, I, I appreciate that very much. And uh, listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for uh, supporting us and, and listening and just making us generally feel good. And uh, Steve, what would be the last thing you'd say before we leave? Don't be an asshole. And Michael, how about you? Quiz, 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 quiz. And be safe, everyone. And I'll stop the recording. We did stop it. You did.